get that garbage out of here. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what he do? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. OG with a look. Got it! OG and Anobi at the buzzer! Oh, look, because my shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. Like you lost another one. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. My name is Drew Horton and let's get into it. The NBA playoffs have been electric so far. The only thing slowing them down has been some key injuries to some stars and that's unfortunate but we still have lots of good playoffs to watch. The Clippers took the Jazz 4-2 in the Western Conference Semifinals series and in the other Western Conference Semifinals the Phoenix Suns took over the Denver Nuggets four to zero in convincing fashion. Although that was fairly predictable without Jamal Murray in there for the Nuggets, the Suns still looked dominant with the return of Chris Paul. The Atlanta Hawks beat the 76ers in seven games, which is a huge upset considering everyone had the Philadelphia 76ers as one of the best teams overall in the entire NBA. They were the number one seed in the East and everyone expected them to cruise to the conference finals considering they did not have to play Milwaukee or Brooklyn until the conference finals, but they couldn't get past Atlanta. And the other series in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks took their series over the Brooklyn Nets in seven games. And that game seven is going to go down as one of the best games of this entire playoff run. It was a close game from start to finish as Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant each balled out trying to will their teams onto the Eastern Conference Finals. And while Kevin Durant probably played a little bit better than Giannis Antetokounmpo without the supporting cast of his other two stars, Kyrie out and... Harden being not 100%. It was Giannis and the Bucks that took Game 7 despite needing overtime to do it against the depleted Brooklyn Nets. That just shows you how good Kevin Durant truly is. And if his feet were one size smaller, Brooklyn would be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, his game-tying shot at the end of regulation was called a two-pointer because his foot was on the line couldn't quite do it in overtime as milwaukee outscored brooklyn six to two in the overtime not very high scoring but it ended with them winning 115 to 111 and this game was just a classic Giannis finished with 40 kevin durant finished with 48 and there were some other decent performances by other guys but it was gritty defensive and it really came down to who wanted it more at the very end and Kevin Durant played 50 minutes he just couldn't quite keep it up as he didn't have anyone else to lean on because he took 36 shots and nobody else on the team had more than 18 James Harden 5 of 17 he was clearly hurt couldn't help very much Bruce Brown probably the second best player on the nets that night he was seven of nine blake griffin was seven of 12 very good nights for both of them 14 and 17 points respectively joe harris was a no-show he only had 10 points of three of 10 shooting and he did have nine rebounds but just didn't have the offensive impact that he needed to win the game and really win the series if he had shown up a little bit more like he did in the previous round the nets would have just won outright and milwaukee didn't play perfect basketball 
They fell down 2-0 in the series. They looked to be out of it, but they fought back, got a hard-earned Game 3 win, and then took Game 4 as well to put them back in position. Brooklyn edged them out in Game 5 at home. The Bucks took Game 6 in their home court to force a Game 7, and in Game 7, they just gritted it out, got the win, and I think they should have won more handily in the series overall. I mean, you had Harden who played hurt for most of that series, and Kyrie was out for the second half of that series. You really would have expected the Bucks to win in five or six with the depleted Brooklyn Nets lineup, but they weren't playing clean basketball, their defense wasn't on point, and that's why it took seven games. But they showed up in game seven, despite a fantastic performance from Kevin Durant, Giannis, less points but more efficient and he came up big in the fourth quarter in overtime now the one seed sixers against the five seed hawks that was a more entertaining series than it had any right to be especially because the atlanta hawks ended up pulling it out in game seven against the one seed 76ers ben simmons extremely disappointing in the entire series Joel Embiid did as much as he possibly could. He was probably the best player in that series. You could argue it was Trey Young because his team won, but he had Ben Simmons weighing him down and costing the team just with his inability to be aggressive due to a lack of shot, lack of free throw ability. And you really see his flaws cost him in the playoffs. This is a few years in a row now where Ben Simmons hasn't shown up and if you're paying a guy max money, he needs to sh he needs to show up like Joel Embiid is, or at least somewhat close, like Tobias Harris has been. That being said, the series was incredibly close. You had five games decided by seven points or less, including the last four games of the series. Game four, 103-100 for the Hawks. Game five, 109-106 for the Hawks. Game six, 104-99 for the 76ers. And game seven, 103.96 for the Hawks, a seven-point win on the road in Philly. Huge. Trey Young came up big again and again in the series, but in Game 7, it was Kevin Herter who played the hero. He led the way for the Hawks with 27 points. He was 10 of 18 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, and 5 of 7 from the line, also having 7 rebounds and 3 assists. He was just solid. He didn't shy away from the moment. And he's capable to do that from time to time, and he's an underrated piece for this Hawks team. Trey Young did not have a good game. As the series went on, the Sixers figured out how to shut him down, or at least slow him down. And he wasn't making shots. It was 5 of 23 from the field, and 9 of 11 from the free throw line, which is how he got most of his points. He had 21, but it was not an efficient 21. Did put up 10 dimes as well. Very helpful. And John Collins, 5 of 6 from the field, he was tremendous, 16 rebounds, playing some great defense. But it really was Herder who led the way on the offensive end, and they needed it to get by Philly. Joel Embiid was a beast. He had 31 points, Tobias Harris had 24. And Seth Curry, 6 of 10 from the field, very efficient as well. But they just couldn't quite do it. Ben Simmons was abysmal. He only had 5 points in Game 7 on 2 of 4 from the field. You can't have somebody who's supposed to be your second best player only take four shots in a crucial game seven. And he was cut from the lineup in the do or die fourth quarter because of his inability to shoot free throws. 
in the whole series. I don't know how many he missed, but it, it was a lot. He probably missed more than the entire Hawks team combined. He's shooting under 40% from the playoffs, and it's just brutal. He did put up 8 rebounds and 13 assists, but you just need him to score, and you need him to not pass up open dunks. He passed up an open dunk with about 4 minutes left in crunch time. Would have put the Philadelphia 76ers up 2, but he saw Trey Young coming, and he got out of the way scared. Trey Young. He was afraid that he was going to get fouled. And he was afraid he was going to have to shoot free throws. And he knew he was going to miss them, so he passed up on a double team to somebody else. It was hard to watch. His confidence is just shattered. There are trade rumors circling now, and for good reason. I don't know if you can win with this current iteration of Ben Simmons. Sixers might try to move on from him if they can, but I don't know how you move on from him. With that contract and his current skill set, probably have to package some picks along with it. Now, I won't talk about the Western Conference semifinals because both of those series were very one-sided, but gotta talk about the Western Conference Finals. LA Clippers down 3-1 against the Phoenix Suns, and without Kawhi Leonard, it doesn't look like they've got enough in the tank to beat the Phoenix Suns, because the Suns are rolling right now. Paul George has stepped up to the best of his ability, but it's just not enough. They need more offensive options, and uh, you're just not going to do it with Reggie Jackson as your number two guy. Sorry to say, Reggie's been playing great this whole playoff run, but you need another threat. You need Kawhi Leonard. He looks like he's nowhere near returning, not even sitting on the bench with his teammates, although that's fairly typical Kawhi Leonard. I wouldn't read too much into that. But yeah, Suns are just a better team. Now, three of the games have been very close but the Suns have just had the execution down the stretch. They haven't faded, and it's funny, the one game that the Clippers won, they won by the largest margin of the entire series, but that's because Booker didn't show up at all, and Paul George had a great game. The other games, Booker shows up, they win. George doesn't have a great game, and Booker doesn't show up, they still win. Game 4, defensive nightmare, 84-80. to Going back to the early 2000s NBA playoffs, not a fun game to watch until the very end. Every shot mattered down the stretch. Like I said, 84 to 80 final. And the last few minutes were quite back and forth, but the Suns came out ahead, and then it was just a free throw fest from there on, and the Suns managed to edge it out. Now, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals, the number three seed Milwaukee Bucks take on the underdog Atlanta Hawks. And the Hawks stole game one. Trey Young put up 48 points in the victory they won 116 to 113 and he was fun to watch but the bucks stormed back and convincingly took game two and they won by just over 30 points it was 125 to 91. Giannis at 25 he didn't really need to play that much more it was a true blowout the hawks after the second quarter never stood a chance now game three, Middleton showed up huge for the Bucs as they won 113 to 102. And Giannis played well, but you need performances like that from Middleton if they're going to win the finals. He put up 38 points on 15 of 26 from the field, 6 of 12 from 3. He also grabbed 11 boards and had 7 assists. He played phenomenally the entire game. He took more shots than Giannis, which is usually a good sign because that means Middleton's hot. Giannis 
no slouch either that game. He had 33 points on 13 of 21 from the field. Free throw shooting not looking great. He was 6 of 13 from the line, but they didn't need him to be all that great from the line. Bobby Portis provided a much-needed spark off the bench as he went 7 for 12 from the field, and they really just routed the Bucks in this game. In the fourth quarter, they outscored Atlanta by 13, and so what was a two-point deficit going into the fourth became a fairly easy game by the end. Now, Troy Young had a very good game on the offensive end. He had 35 points on 52% from the field, but didn't have a ton of support. Gallinari had 18 points, Collins had 13, but really Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich kind of shot them out of the game. They were a combined 7 of 27. Bogdanovich was especially bad as he was 3 of 16, and you need to get some kind of production from those guys if you're going to beat a team like the Bucks. They got that production against the Sixers and they needed it. Trey Young can't do everything because the Bucks are going to throw long bodies at you. They're going to double team you and Trey Young needs the other guys to make some shots. He only had four assists and I think that was really more of a byproduct of his teammates rather than his own lack of playmaking. If his teammates hit some open shots, he probably would have had anywhere between eight and ten assists. Now I think the Hawks are going to roll over Atlanta for the rest of this series. It seems like they figured out how to stop the Hawks. They seem to be okay with letting Trey get 30 plus a game as long as he doesn't feed his teammates for wide open looks. Uh, as I just said before, his team around him wasn't shooting very well, especially when you need Bogdanovich and Herder shooting in order to win. And Milwaukee really is getting whatever they want. Middleton's having a good series, Giannis is getting into the paint, the only body they have to stop him is Capella, he's not going to be able to contain Giannis, and I don't think Atlanta has enough to really challenge Milwaukee over the series. They might win one more game if Trey Young goes off and Middleton has a very off night, if Drew Holiday continues his struggles as well, that will help the Hawks, but I just don't see the series going past six. I'm calling Bucks in five, but giving Atlanta the benefit of the doubt. They could win another game in this series, but I don't think they win any more than that. Now, in terms of the Clippers-Phoenix series, they play again tonight. As of this recording, the game hasn't started yet. I think the Clippers have one more in them. I don't think they're gonna go down without a fight. They may not win this game, but at least they'll make it close. But if they were going to put everything out there on the floor, I think they might have a chance. Booker doesn't seem to be back in his rhythm, so that may take them one extra game to shut him down. So the series could very well go six, but we'll have to see. Paul George will need to step up and they'll need one more person, whether it's Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann. They need somebody else to help as well. And they really need Phoenix to miss shots and Booker's taking the mask off, so maybe he gets back to normal, but we'll, we'll just have to see. I think Phoenix takes this in six, and uh, it's going to be a Phoenix-Milwaukee final. Not great if you're an NBA ratings guy, but very fun for the fans. Now, no matter what happens in the respective series, I think the finals is going to be an absolute gem. No matter who makes it, there are going to be some great storylines, especially first championship storylines. You've got Paul George trying to win his first. Then you've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker trying to get their legacies off the ground. Booker just starting and Chris Paul nearing the end of his career, doing everything except winning a chip. You've got Giannis who looks to make his first 
finals appearance and win. You've got Middleton and Drew Holiday also never winning. Then you've got Trey Young looking to be the underdog, similar to the Miami Heat last year who got to the finals. It's just going to be a treat. And that's it for this episode. I've got a couple interesting episodes that I'm going to make going forward. I've got one about possible moves the Raptors could make, judging on some free agency things. And the Raptors just got the fourth overall pick, so I'll explore how that changes their options as well. But before I go today, I would like to thank some of my fans just for the nice messages and supporting me through this whole thing. So I'd like to thank RaptorsFan97, Kawhi Not, Kufefe Time, Don Deesta, Duke Dumont, Alda Small Things, Not Gordon Ramsay, Kevin Durant, Mac Book Pro, uh, Albi Dare for You, uh, Mr. D Detective, uh, Patty O Furniture, and I'm Afraid. So thank you all for your kind words and hopefully one day I won't have to make these names up. So thank you for listening to episode 14 of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. My name is Drew Horton, signing off. Peace!